Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. We have an awesome band coming on tonight. It is the modern rock band. Royal Bliss, and the guitarist Taylor Richards will be calling in momentarily, so it's going to be an awesome interview tonight. I'm going to do a nice introduction to them. Kindly excuse my voice. I've been on the, under the weather a little bit, but uh, the show must go on. So they're going to be one of the many amazing bands tonight that I've had the pleasure and honor of interviewing over the past, I can't believe it's almost three years since I uh, launched the show, and some of the bands I've interviewed have included Smile Empty Soul, Soil, I Empire, Otherwise, Eat Adam, Blacklight District, Raw, Art of Dying, and many others. So please support all these amazing artists. Check out their podcasts. You can download them or stream them for free on my radio show. A little bit about the radio show before I bring Taylor on. I started it, as I said, a few years ago, and I really wanted to create a forum that I could bring people on in the entertainment industry to support and promote them. A little bit about myself, Um, my background is in clinical psychology, that's what I have my doctorate degree in, and one of the things I really enjoy doing in my profession is interviewing people. The other part of myself is my fascination and passion for the entertainment industry. I do some writing for some magazines, I have an album out as a solo artist, and then I also launch this show. Personally, I know how difficult it can be, uh, especially if you're doing everything independently and on your own, especially in this day and age when the Internet and social media has really taken over a lot of the stuff that people um, didn't have years ago. So, again, the, the show is really here to support these guys and uh, you know promote them and spread the word. So I'm sure you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession. A couple of things I ask for people to kindly keep in mind is although I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. We're not doing any type of formal therapy or treatment. We can joke around, and I definitely have a great sense of humor, but I just want to put that disclaimer out there. Also, I want my guests to feel down to earth to talk about whatever they'd like, but just to keep any specific identifying information um, anonymous in the event you want to talk about some embarrassing or humiliating stories. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going going to blogtalkradio.com. If you want to call in tonight, the number is 805-243-1320. You can also go to the chat room. I do have a chat room open because I am a one-person show. I'm going to be focused on the interview, but if you want to post some questions in there, I'll try to go back and forth when I take a break and play a song to see if there's anything in the chat room, or again, feel free to call in. All right, so let's do an intro for these guys, Royal Bliss. I've been a fan of these guys ever since I heard their hit single, Save Me on the Radio, which we know has been several years since that single had come out. This band is based out of Salt Lake City, Utah. They've often have been referred to as the unluckiest band in rock and roll. That's what you can see in their bio when you read about these guys. It is true that these guys have definitely encountered some challenges and difficulties along the way, um, especially over the approximately 16 years that they have been at this. Um, some of the challenges and things these guys have encountered, and we're going to talk about them tonight, have been members being stabbed, a member falling 35 feet off a balcony, car accidents, substance abuse, and a lot more. But I think the one thing personally to me that stands out about this band, and this is something that I just truly value when I look at these artists and entertainers I've interviewed, is just their their passion, their perseverance, um, their motivation and dedication that they have kept at it all these years to make themselves a major national band. Fans of this band are going to be familiar with their hit singles, as I mentioned, Save Me, We Did Nothing Wrong, I Got This, Crazy, and their latest hit single, Cry Sister, that is off of their new album. Everyone needs to pick up a copy tonight, Chasing the Sun, which is already having some major success, and it has peaked number five on the iTunes rock chart. So we're going to take you on an emotional roller coaster tonight. We're going to learn all about these guys, and my show definitely hones in on learning more just about not just who the band is, but who they are as people. Um, I don't want to just ask basic interview questions. Of course, some of those types of things will be included in the interview, but we're really going to get a good feel of, of who this band is and how they got to where they are today. So for more information, go to royalbliss.com, and a special thanks to Doug Weber from New Ocean Media for uh, coordinating and setting up the interview. All right, so let's bring Taylor on. Hey, Taylor, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Carrie? 
Good, good. Thank you for joining me tonight. It's a pleasure promoting Royal Bliss and having you on. Hey, no problem. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Are you? Can you hear me? Yep, I'll just make it sure. Cool. Yeah, no, the connection seems fine. So where are you calling in from tonight? Because I saw that you guys were out on tour right now with Boba Flex. Um, yeah, you know what? Um, I don't really know. We're in the middle of Minnesota or Iowa, one of one of those okay. states. <laughs> we're nice. on the road traveling. We got a we got a, a day off today, and we're heading down to. Um, I think we're going to stay in Sioux Falls tonight, and uh, just kind of relax and uh, get ready for our show tomorrow in Omaha. Cool. And where are you guys playing tomorrow night? If you want to promote it and plug um, it. Yeah, we're playing at a place called the GPC Show Bar. And uh, say what? No. Oh, it's in Council Bluffs. I'm sorry. Anyway. Uh, the GPC show bar in, in Council Bluffs, which is basically uh, Omaha, but um, it's across the border in Iowa. So, um, yeah, okay. it's, uh, one of our good friends, uh, Carl. It's his birthday, and we just happen to be um, going through, uh, through 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 his town, and and so we're gonna have a big old party tomorrow. It should be a good time. Nice, very cool. Well, congratulations on all your success. We're gonna talk a lot of it about. Chasing the Sun Tonight, which is out now. It's an amazing album, and I've definitely listened to it numerous times now, so it's uh, great stuff. So why don't we talk well, a little you. bit about it? I always... What's that? Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> There's a little delay sometimes. <laughs> um, well, let's yeah. talk a little bit about I know you're calling in tonight. I always like to hear a little bit about the person calling in's you know, background, growing up as a kid. How did you get involved in music? Tell me a little bit about... Where you're from? Were you from Salt Lake City? Because I also read that on your Facebook page it says Okinawa, Japan. So tell us <laughs> a little bit about your background. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah, uh, my dad is in the Navy, and uh, that's why I was born in Japan. Um, okay. We moved back to Salt, Salt Lake when when I was five, and I pretty much lived there my whole life uh, since then. Um, I got into music. Uh, let's say oh, I don't know seven or eight. Uh, my grandmother, um, my dad's uh, mom, she uh, taught me piano. She was a, a pianist her whole life. That's how she raised my dad. And so really from an early age, I, I, I took piano lessons. And um, I kind of, uh, it kind of grew into like a force to take piano lessons. It wasn't because I necessarily wanted to. I remember dreading going to the piano recitals, you know. <laughs> And uh, I remember, I think I was probably like 13, I'm going to say, and uh, I didn't want to do piano anymore. I wanted to do something maybe that I, uh, I actually wanted to play the drums, but my parents wouldn't let me play the drums, so I ended up choosing why would, guitar. Why wouldn't they, uh, real quick, why wouldn't, why wouldn't they let you play the drums? <laughs> I think they didn't think that that was the musical instrument that they were uh, going to allow me to play. So okay. kind of was like, that's not a musical instrument. We need, you know violin or guitar or, you know, whatever. So. Gotcha. Um, anyway, so I ended up I ended up uh, playing guitar, and I, I had kind of played guitar before. Um, my, my neighbor, uh, one of my buddies growing up, he had a guitar, and I kind of dinked around, and I remember, like, learning Creedence Clearwater songs and, jeez, uh, like, some, some Beatles songs, and, you know, just kind of strummed, strummed some chords. And so nice. that's actually kind of why I wanted to play the drums, because he could play the guitar and I could play the drums and we could be in a band. And <laughs> so, but anyway, so I ended up uh, picking, picking up the guitar. I got a, uh, my first guitar on my 14th birthday. Uh, it was a red Fender Stratocaster. I still have that guitar today. Uh, it doesn't wow. go with me on the road, though. <laughs> but, um, yep, and I uh, pretty much started taking lessons from the, uh, the, the guy that was teaching my buddy up the street. And uh, I took for a couple of years, and then, honestly, I pretty much learned guitar from Guitar World Magazine. <laughs> um, wow, okay. I, would, I, I had a subscription, and uh, I'd come to my house every month, and you, you could learn, like, I don't know, four or five uh, kind of uh, rock guitar songs, and then they'd have little, like, lessons in there. And, and I kind of just, you know, from, from my piano early days, which, you know, I look back, and I'm very grateful that that happened. Because um, mm-hmm. kind of piano kind of teaches a lot of the basics of music, you know, uh, just from basic knowledge of knowing what a chord or a, a note is, and such. So, um, you know, guitar kind of came easy to me a little bit, um, just from my piano 
uh, lessons and such. So, um, yeah, I, I started when I was 14, and I think um, I probably was in my first little band at maybe 16, and uh, Royal Bliss started when I was 18. So. Wow, <laughs> cool. So growing up, real quick, just some other interesting things. Growing up, was music the main thing that you kind of focused on, or were you a kid who liked to play sports? Were you involved in anything like that? Yeah, I did. I did a little bit of everything. Um, I got a state championship uh, lacrosse ring from high school. <laughs> nice. So uh, I I was into sports for sure. Um, I played all the sports: football, baseball, basketball, um, hockey, lacrosse, which is really random. I played rugby. Uh, in fact, I played on this uh, high school uh, team, Highland Highland High School in Salt Lake City, and they just made a movie about that team about like two, three years ago. Okay, yeah, I can't cool. remember the, the title of that movie, but that was kind of a, a random occurrence. But we were yeah. the best <laughs> rugby team in the in best high school rugby team in the world. Wow. <laughs> and they didn't have state championship rings for rugby because it wasn't a school-sponsored sport. So... Uh, uh, yeah, long story short, uh, it was kind of a crazy little time. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, cool background in terms of being very athletic as well as I'm sure that <laughs> carries over onto the stage. Um, okay, so as you said, so you guys, you started getting into World Bliss form when you were 18 years old. Or is that when it formed, would you say? Um, well, I, I've, I've been friends with uh, the drummer Jake and the our, our old mm-hmm. guitar player Chris. Um, we were friends growing up, and we actually were friends through sports. Um, and uh, we were on the same football and football team. And I think Chris's dad was a baseball coach for one of the seasons, and you know, and uh, we just were friends. And I remember we we would get together and jam, you know, randomly, or you know, uh, there was guitars hanging around the houses. And I don't remember exactly how it was, but we kind of had, like, three or four different, like, rotating band members, and we had this band. Um, I think we were called Five Pound Riot, and then we were a band called Grounded Ruckus. And uh, <laughs> and and it ended up morphing to where one day the singer of... It was basically Royal Bliss without Neil Middleton, but um, the singer at the time, uh, his name was Justin, he, uh, he all of a sudden quit and and him and his mom moved to Idaho and he went on an LDS mission and we like we're we're friends now but at, at the time he literally just like disowned all of us. Wow. <laughs> so, oh god. Kind of kind of crazy. But uh anyway we we ran into Neil um at a at a party um in high school and uh he was dating a girl that was friends with all of our girlfriends in the rival high school. So we went to rival high schools. So it's kind okay. of a funny little story <laughs> of how we knew him because we'd heard about this guy and we were like, hey, screw that guy. He's dating our girl, you know. <laughs> we ended up meeting him and he was super cool and he's like, hey, you know, I, I seen at this little pizza parlor down the, down the way and up by the college and you should come check me out and I'll sing for your band. So uh, we went and checked him out and we literally that night we went back and, and had a little band practice and uh, we wrote like seven songs, and here we are, 16, almost 17 years later. Wow, that's that's just crazy. So very interesting because, like you said, you guys were kind of rival high schools, and you were kind of not really mainly interested in him at first, but then you heard him, and just everything started to work out. Um, yeah. So when did you guys? So was that after you met him? Was that when Royal Bliss like formed? Um, you know, I don't think Would we came think? up with the name that night. I don't think we okay. came up with the name that night. Oh, right. can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, we didn't come up with the name that night necessarily, but uh, maybe a few months later, I think it, it probably happened. Um, we, uh, let's see, I don't know if I can get my exact date right, but I think we, like, yeah, we had a, okay. our first, like, real, our first real show was, like, a little house party, you know, we, we played a little house party, and we uh, we left some gear there, and we never ever went back to get it. I remember. Um, I still have <laughs> a buddy of ours, there, and he's like, "You can come get your amp anytime, you know." <laughs> That's kind of one of those things. But, right. but yes, yeah, so we we kind of started out just just doing this, you know, thing is fun, and you know, we we actually went in and we went into this studio and we recorded all seven songs in one take, you know, back to back to back to back to back, and we put them up, and we 
we gave them out and we sold some and uh people kept like we couldn't I couldn't order enough CDs every time I'd order them and it kind of wow. spread and I remember we got our we got our first show in, in a little club in Salt Lake City it's called Deviate it doesn't exist anymore the building burnt down but we sold that place out and made money and we we're like oh my gosh this is amazing let's do this again and we did another show and it sold I mean we were high school kids you know so um, you know, we did another show, and it sold out. And then we were like, let's go make another CD, because we have all these other songs that we've written, and they're not on a CD. So we went into a studio, and we had 10 songs in two days. I actually got to do an overdub, which was pretty cool. Um, nice. I, I, got a solo. I, got to, I got a second take of a solo. <laughs> so um, that was exciting. And then we printed up some CDs, and we couldn't keep those CDs in stock. We were selling out quick, of Taylor, if I could just yeah. interject, is this when you wrote the album Free Again and Give Me a Little Bliss? Were those these albums you're talking that is, about? That is correct. Free Again okay. and Give Me a Little Bliss. Just trying to get the timeline and, in my head. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Sorry, I should have stated that. No, that's but okay. Anyway, so we, we, we kind of we were just, things were like, again, we weren't taking this serious. The songs weren't necessarily like, let's write serious, good songs. We just we just were having fun, you know, high school kids. Mm-hmm. We are now probably just out of high school. And uh, and kind of after that, it, it ended up getting, we got this little investment deal. Um, one of our buddies uh, gave us the money to go in and record like a real CD. We went in and, and we did King Size. And we worked with this guy who had worked with the Smashing Pumpkins. And, you know, it was like, it was right. a real, like, going in to make a CD. And so we went in and we made the CD and we recorded, uh, what, eight songs. And someone gave someone a CD at a radio station in Idaho. And this guy played the song Fine Wine off this, uh, on the radio station. It became the most requested song on his station. So we went, went wow. out and we did a, we went out and played a show. He booked a little show. Actually, it was a huge show. It's our biggest one ever to, to, up to, up till then. And, uh, it sold out like 1,200 tickets, and uh, uh, we played uh, a song called "Devils and Angels Acoustic" on okay. the radio station that 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 morning or that afternoon or whatever. And this guy recorded that that version, and that recorded version became the next most requested song on his station. And at the time, "Devils and Angels" wasn't a uh, a, a, a rock or a acoustic song. It was like a upbeat rock ska thing. And uh, right. we ended up going, you know what, we should go into the studio and record that Devil's and Angels song acoustic. So we ended up doing that, and uh, that that ended up going on what was called our little four-song demo, which at the time we were kind of with this management company who was going to get us a deal, and we were all excited. And that's when the accident happened where Neil fell off the balcony, didn't know if he was going to walk, didn't even know if he was going to make it. Um, I mean, oh, my gosh. That was When I read that, I was just like, just my heart just dropped. I mean, not only reading that, but there was multiple things that you guys, you know, unfortunately had been through over the years. But, yeah, tell us a little bit, digress for a minute, tell us a little bit about how did that happen? Were you guys all with him when this occurred? Um, no, actually, it was kind of an odd time. Uh, let's see. I don't remember exactly what year. It was like one or 02 or something. But anyway, okay. so he... Uh, he was in, in Long Beach, California with some friends and his, his girlfriend at the time. Uh, and uh, they were just partying, having fun. And uh, I remember right. I, was getting, I was supposed to go on this trip, and I couldn't go. I had to work or something. And they were calling me all night, like, you should be here. This is so fun, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, I'd get another phone call, and they're just partying, having a great time. And I'm getting all these phone calls from them, like, joking, obviously. And finally, I'm like, okay, quit calling me, guys. I didn't answer the phone anymore. So I wake up in the morning and go through all these, like, eight different voicemails, and the very last one is his girlfriend going, uh, 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 Neil's dead. Oh, my <laughs> I gosh. Like, what? And I couldn't get a hold of anyone. I called and called and called. Finally, oh I got a hold of Neil's mom, who I, apparently I was the first one who called Neil's mom. He was like, I don't know what's going on, but apparently Neil's dead. And he's in California, and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and long story short, they, they ended up, they literally, they lived in um, North Dakota at the time. They drove straight to California from North Dakota. And, wow. And dealt with Neil, and Neil went to the hospital. He had fallen off a balcony. I think what had happened, no one can confirm the story, because 
who knows what happened, but apparently, like, the banister broke on, a on a, like, an apartment, you know, uh, like right, an alchemy right. or whatever, and he fell and landed on, we think he hit his shoulder on his way down because he broke his shoulder, and he broke his, like, pelvic bone in half. Oh, my so gosh. So he was, like, basically paralyzed. And they took him to the hospital. They didn't know if he was going to make it or even walk again, you know, so... Right. It was kind of weird, and uh, he ended up, uh, had multiple surgeries. He was down there for a week. You know, we didn't know if the band, at that point, like, the band really wasn't the biggest issue at the time. It was like, right. you know, as our friend Neil may not walk again. So, anyway, he ended up coming back oh. to Utah, and uh, he had to get the entire surgery that he had down in California all redone. He had to get the entire surgery redone because they didn't put in the big enough bolts or they didn't put this back together correctly. So anyway, about three months wow. passed. He, he, he was in a wheelchair and he, you know, he could, he had feeling like partial feeling in one of his legs. So he, uh, he could kind of walk on a cane and we decided mm-hmm. to book this big benefit show to help him pay for some of his medical bills and such. Sure. And, uh, and we, it was a huge success. He literally came out there on a cane and did a show, and, you know, thousands of people showed up. And we, at nice. the time, like, our, our management company left us, and, and we were like, you know, it is what it is. And I think maybe when that happened, after that show, and it was like, oh, this is what I want to do. I'm supposed to do this. And we ended up going into the studio. We did the record after the chaos, which turned okay. out to be after the chaos, too. And we did that record. And uh, uh, we put Devils and Angels on it, and uh, and the most requested every station played it, and uh, and we ended up doing a deal with Capital through all. And uh, Neil's recovery was getting better. He didn't have to walk with cane, but he still to this day he has partial feeling in his right leg. And if you look at his Mm -hmm. leg, one leg is quite a bit bigger than the other. Because he can't feel like the muscles that are going on it, so he overworks it. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Wow. But uh, but uh, but anyway, so um, yeah. So, so real so through, just to digress, like well, you guys are you know like this unfortunate thing is happening to Neil. Were you guys all working full time, or any of you guys going to school? What was going on before you guys, you know, really like um, you said, took the music seriously and said we're going to do this? Did you have other? interests or professions that you guys were working towards or no? You know, I think we all just had uh, uh, regular jobs and, and if I could mm-hmm. be, I might, might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we all worked at the car wash. <laughs> we okay. worked at a car wash <laughs> called, called Supersonic Car Wash and uh, it was kind of one of those jobs where no biggie, but um, you know, we could call our boss, who was our buddy and be like, hey, we're going out of town this weekend, play right. the show, like no problem. Like, I got each other, you know, and then, hey, I need to come in because I need some money when I get back on Monday. Even though I'm not scheduled, he's like, come on in. We'll put you to work. So it's kind of one of those jobs. We could come and go. And I ended up becoming a manager down there. So, you know, we kind of we ran the show. So. Um, nice. It was more, I don't think we quit our day job. We, I think I, we quit our day jobs in 2007. So right, or, right probably before the record the, the capital record thing. We probably, that's about right. the time that we quit our day job and we were making enough money with the band thing to our, our fun little hobby had turned into a, a, I guess maybe we didn't know the business it was going to become, but turned into this little rock and roll business. So, like I said, we did the deal with capital and we had management and we had booking agents and, and uh, you know, I mean, and, and we had already been doing it for seven years or however right. long, I don't remember exactly, but since 98 and like I said, it started out as fun and games and, you know, whatever, and record a CD, yay, cool, and, and now we're, like, getting paid to do it, and we've been traveling, and we're building up a fan base, and we got songs on the radio, and people are digging the music, and, you know, we actually started writing songs, like, we focused on, like, let's write songs, not just, you know, hey, I wrote a song, cool, let's record it, like, let's make sure right. our song's good, and, <laughs> you know, and so we kind of well, learned, learned a, a, a lot. And um, yeah, one, one, pretty much when, when we did the, uh, the the record deal, you know, I mean, kind of, that, that kind of um, I guess sealed the deal that we weren't just a rock band; we were a national right. capital record signed band. We, I mean, That's it was amazing. like a stamp of approval, and uh, it definitely took this, us to Taylor. new levels. 
as yep. you're as you're talking, let's do this because I definitely want to fit in two songs tonight. But I definitely want to hear more about, you know, how did Capital find you guys? You know, how did this kind of connection happen? So let's talk a little bit about Cry Sister because I want to fit that one in, and then I'm going to play one of my personal favorites later on in the show. Yeah. And then when we come back and we'll talk bro. about with that. I'll finish the timeline story. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're doing great. No, it's it's very interesting, and and I appreciate all the. Uh, the effort and details that you're putting into it because it really helps us understand who you guys are. So tell us a little bit about Cry Sister, why you guys, you know, chose that one. It's an amazing single off of the album, Chasing the Sun, that you guys just released. And, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about the track, and then we'll check it out. Um, Okay, so during the process of recording this, Chasing the Sun album, it was never really, we never really set out to go, okay, we need to make a record, it needs to sound like this, these are the songs, we kind of wrote the songs as we went, we'd go in the studio one week, we'd go in the studio another week, we'd work on a song, you know, we'd go in the studio, you know, a month and a half later, we you know, it kind of never was uh, set, you know, set in stone, I remember when we actually recorded Crisis, um, we, you know, because as we were recording songs, we are sending them to people to be able to listen to them, one of the one of our radio guys heard Crisis and was like that song, that's a song, like whatever, you know. And when <laughs> when we finished actually recording that song and, and like the actual finished version we sent him, he's like, We gotta go to the radio. It's it's ready. Like this is amazing. We're like, Well, we don't even have a like our record's not done. We haven't really been even focusing on it. He's like, All right, blah 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 blah, here's what we should do. We talked and we're like, Well, we have like ten songs. We could put we could put these ten songs out. They're all pretty good and pretty much what happened. And normally in this day and age, uh, uh, when you, re- you set a record date, uh, it gets pushed back, it gets pushed back, like, oh, right. come out here. No, we're going to push it back. Well, ours got pushed up. It was originally going to be in April because we weren't really even done. And we didn't, you know, it wasn't, but, but uh, with Crisis, it, going into going to radio, doing so well, it made our, we needed our record to come out earlier. So, cool. Very so cool. With, you know, and, and, and the whole thing with Crisis, it was, it was written as a jam. Like, we, we had buddies in the studio, and we were all just jamming, having fun. Like, sometimes our songs just come out of a riff or, you mm-hmm. know, a lyric or a melody. And when we listen back to the jam, Neil's like, that part. From, like, minute 31 to minute 32 on this CD that he recorded us is awesome. Like, that riff right there and the melody I do, and we just sat down and kind of hashed out this kind of, version of this song called Crisis and uh, and obviously uh, the, the recording process took it to, to where it is now so we're really excited about that and it's done wonders and uh, I think the last like four or five shows we played have been sold out and every time we play Crisis it's like we're almost about ready to end the show with it every night to get such huge response so it's done awesome. very well for cool well, it's, again it's an amazing song and I like I said, I heard it on uh, Sirius Octane. It's what I always listen to because I, I only listen to, unfortunately, satellite radio at this point. So, yeah, so it's great stuff, all of your guys' stuff. So let's check it out, and then when we come back, we'll talk more about Capitol Records and all the other stuff going on for you guys, and then we'll uh, take another break and check out a second song. All right? Uh, thank you. Okay, I'm going to just put you on hold. Hold on, Taylor. All right, everyone, again, you're listening to the guitarist Taylor Richards from Royal Bliss. We're going to check out their hit single, Cry Sister, which is off of their album right now, Chasing the Sun. So check it out. Download it on iTunes. It's available on all digital sites. And be sure to also check them out on Toilet Bobaflex. Go to royalbliss.com. And here it is, Cry Sister. I know your torment was 
Everyone, again, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show, Cry Sister by Royal Bliss. Check it out off of their album, Chasing the Sun, which is out now. We're going to talk a lot about this album, especially who produced it, makes amazing stuff that these guys have. So please go to royalbliss.com and also go to iTunes and any of the major digital sites to download a copy of their album. All right, Taylor, great stuff, great, great stuff. Thank you. Very cool. So, um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about, um, like you said, how you got involved with Capitol Records. What was the story behind how they either found you or you guys got uh, connected with them? Um, well, let's see. I, I mean, it was all based off of that song, Devil's Beaches. The one song. In fact, they just wanted that one song. And we were like, okay, wow. and we negotiated forever because we didn't want to just do a – they were just starting to do the what's called a 360 deal around that time, and we were not into that at all. <laughs> and so and it took a long real time quick, to negotiate. Just, uh, educate, that, educate us. What's the 360 oh. deal? Uh, the 360 deal, um, it's where they take a cut of everything. They take a cut of your okay. T-shirts. They take a cut of your shows. They take a cut of wow. your – you name it, everything. Publishing, it's, uh, all, it's all record company. Gets, so, you know, and and um, that was kind of a new formula for them. So we ended up getting a pretty good deal. Um, it was one of the, I would say, one of the last decent deals out there. I mean, there's still good deals out there that we had. But regardless, anyway, what what happened was we uh, they, they wanted Devil's Angels. So we we didn't want to give them, we wanted to do a new record. We had enough songs for a new record. It was time. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't want to just re- have them put out after the chaos too, as the as the you know capital debut. So we got them to let us do a new record, and they wanted a couple songs off that after the chaos too. They wanted Devil's Angels, and they wanted uh, Here They Come. So okay. we went up to uh, Portland, uh, and we re- recorded the record, and uh, everything was all good. You know, Devil's Angels is the single. You know, they wanted they wanted us to record it exactly and make it sound exactly like it was on the, on the After the Chaos 2 record. So anyway, we, we went up there and did that record, and uh, and we delivered them the uh, album, I think it was like maybe December in 07, per se. And okay. then uh, so we gave them the record, and in January 2008, the uh, EMI, who owns Capital or whatever, they got bought out. So right. like, you know, we went through the whole 
six months of uh, doing we even have a record coming out. No one knows what's going on. The people we used to work with don't work there anymore. Like <laughs> that whole label. Crazy. Oh my gosh, what's going on? So we had you know, we had a good manager guy at the time and um he was he was helping us with some radio and he's like, Well, I think you have a single here with Save Me. It's a good rock tune. Let's see what if what we can't do to get it out. And so we had a, there was a mutual friend that was under EMI, it was, uh, Jack Pawnee with Merovingian, and uh, they were under EMI, so it was kind of still in the same family as Capitol Records and EMI and such. Uh, so they, they agreed to put the record out. Basically, they basically agreed to not do anything, but just not let the record get shelved. So we basically forced the record to come out. We went toward and toward and toward, and we threw a single at radio, and to see how it would do, and it did great. It, it was our mm-hmm. highest charting single to date. Um, and it was funny because the day that the record came out in January, we get a phone call from someone from Capitol Records. It's like, we apparently we need to print more CDs of yours because we only printed 3,000 CDs, and they're all sold out. <laughs> wow, that's so, amazing. <laughs> and, and they called. They called us because, like most people at Capitol, had never even heard of us or seen us, or they had. Because the guy who signed us, Jason Flom, he wasn't even with them anymore. He he went to Universal. Right. Blah 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 blah. So anyway, we got caught in that big shuffle of like, who are you and how did this happen? And um, so anyway, they 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 like blew us all down to to L.A. and we did like a a, a little uh, performance hit the uh, famous you know, studio in the, in the famous Capitol Records building. And um, we actually recorded that, and we, we ended up putting that record out as a live acoustic little EP record. Anyway, so we went out and we met all the people that worked down there, and they were all stoked on our record. And and, uh, and then about a week later, we never really heard from them again. So uh, oh one, of those, one of those, it was the, it's, it's like you're you're in and you're, you're the best thing ever one day, and the next day they're right. And it was really And it how was really do you guys, I mean, but, and you're just doing such a good job with the storytelling. I don't want to interrupt you, but, I mean, how do you personally manage just the emotional turmoil and just the, the feelings that must come along with that? Because, like you said, one day you're the hottest thing, and the next day it's like, oh, my God, these people don't even remember who we are. Like, you know, how do you guys cope with that and, and deal with that? <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no record, or there's no, like, book or college that right. teaches you about what what the music industry so you kind of have to just learn from from experience but I think when you go from having a, a deal and a label and money and, and, and you know marketing and promotion for your band and then all of a sudden you don't have it it is almost impossible to recover from because everyone's wow. like oh my gosh this is awesome and then the next day that you're not awesome they don't care anymore and that's how you're viewed as a band sometimes by the by the public they're like yeah, you're not with Capital, and I haven't heard anything about you for you know a couple months. And how are you going to go do a new record? You don't have money to do a record, and you definitely, you definitely don't have enough money to, you know, put put some marketing and promotion behind it like you just had. And that's, I think that's why bands break up. They can't handle the right. pressure and the, the the like. You know, it's okay. So what's like your, you said, and again, you're, like you're you great. said, there's no like you said, there's no cookbook. There's no secret ingredient, but. What do you think might be the ingredient that you guys have? Because you guys have been able to, you know, so to speak, wait out the storm, and I think it'll be a good transition into talking about that album because you did release that independently from what I read after, you know, everything had happened with Capitol Records and leaving them. But what do you think it is that is able to keep you guys together despite, you know, personal challenges, professional challenges, things that crop up along the way? Um, uh, yeah, just maybe just hard work and dedication. But I, I think really though, like we felt like we hadn't got our chance yet, and our chance was right. was there, like ready to go. And you know, through this whole process of of the Capitol Records thing, like we went out there and we we busted our ass touring, and we went to every radio station that asked us to go to, and said, "Come play, come do a meet and greet, come on the morning show," mm-hmm. you know, whatever it took. We were out there doing it, and through those. Through doing that, we built relationships. We were building a little fan base. You know, nice. we had markets where we, yep. we could go to and, and play in front of a thousand people every single time. And we didn't want to give that up. And so we had to find a way to put another record out. And uh, uh, we found, we, we kind of did this uh, a little business plan and we kind of came up with some money and uh, funded our own record. 
and we basically used as much of our personal connections as we had through the you know right. through dealing with radio and, and, and the tour schedules and other bands and we put out waiting out the storm and um, and it, 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 uh, it I think the the best thing that happened from that was the song crazy it just kind of had a uh, uh, people in, in a way that you know like um, you know music should. And, uh, you know, it's like you see the dudes with the affliction shirts, you know, that are angry watching the MMA fight. But, you know what, they're in the back of the concert hall or in the front row singing their hearts out. It's crazy. You know, they, they right. have a family or they have a kid or so they, they, they connected to it. So that really, you know, and it, it didn't have much single success. Um, I think because we talked about this back when this happened, but radio at the time was kind of rock radio was making a big switch and playing really heavy, hard, you know, Almost, right. you know, like like but, five you know, it's funny. of the world. It's funny you say that though, because but I I remember hearing crazy a lot, and I remember I loved that track, and it was funny because not to digress, but I've done some music myself, and I remember using that song when I was demonstrating to someone kind of a style I was looking for or something that, you know, had that type of style. And that was exactly the song I said. I said, you got to check out Royal Booth's hit single, Crazy. It's great. You know, so I did hear it a lot on Octane. I heard I got this a lot. And both, both of those were off of Waiting Out the Storm. So maybe, like you said, it didn't reach what you guys anticipated, but I just remember in rotation a ton. Um, so, you know, just to give you some kudos. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you very much. You know, and, and, and uh, Octane and, and Sirius has been absolutely uh, uh, fantastic uh, with for us. Um, you know, nowadays, that's where you're getting your new music. You know, a lot of radio stations out, you know, just FM stations, they, they're kind of just playing the, the guaranteed, you know, hits of the past. Right. And they don't, they don't like to test out the new music because it doesn't give them the ratings. <laughs> so, right. you know, that's for right. Octane and and satellite radio comes in and you know people want to hear new stuff you know they they want to be that exactly. you know like there's nothing better than having oh my gosh i heard that over they were this or you know i went to the show people still want want that moment you know so and that's Definitely. you know been, been fantastic with breaking bands so cool absolutely so tell us transition into so you did weeding out the storm you guys put that album out on your own and then chasing the sun which is your latest album. You guys used Kickstarter, I bet, to uh, promote that one to support it. It was uh, it was a very scary time. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'd never done anything like that, and you know, it's just it kind of like how can we incorporate our fans mm-hmm. and, and and make them more of a part of the record process. And like I said, we it, we this was when basically. That we record or we did the Kickstarter basically when we found out that we have to finish this record <laughs> because we have a song that's going to go to radio. Our radio guy was like, "This is the song, Cry Sister," and we're like, "Uh, we don't have any money <laughs> to finish a record right now." So we did the Kickstarter, right. and I remember about five days before the, the Kickstarter is. If you don't know what Kickstarter is, basically it's way way for artists or or creative uh, business people to. Get, you know, get investors, fans, or through you know random people that might exactly. say, "Hey, you know what? We we like this product. I'll give you a hundred bucks. You give me your product, and I helped your company start." You know, right? Anyway, so so uh, we we did that, and, and I remember we were about halfway to our goal. If we didn't get our goal, we didn't get our money. And we were like, we just right. cheat ourselves. Now we got to start all over. Everyone's going to think we're this Joe Schmo band that just keeps trying to do it and nothing's working yeah. out. Come on, you guys should you guys should hang it up. And, and it ended up like the day, I think two days before, like our, it just shot through the roof. You know, we almost doubled what we were asking for. So it turned out to be even better than we expected. And uh, it, it absolutely helped in making this record. And um, not only that, but... Since then, everyone who signed up and did Kickstarter backing has become this like little secret army of ours. Where like we gave them, we, we made a, a, a behind the scenes like web on our website. They have a secret code where they can get in and go go into the back end, and people are chatting. And we made like a secret Facebook page for them, so all these people are like connecting together. And we sent them like you know different versions of the cover of our album. And be like, what do you guys like? What should be the cover of right, our album? Right. They chose they chose the cover of the album. Cool. And um, we we put you know uh, there was a little thing on the where they could get their name in the credits as a thank you, 
And so we had like a hundred names in our credits from people that just they just wanted their name in an album. That's I think a lot of That's people awesome. are you know it's really cool for a fan to see that you know like we were getting when people, when the record came out we had people take pictures with their name and themselves like that's behind the album like you know and that was really <laughs> cool and I'm sure the the, the people awesome. that that got that that record with their name in it were just stoked so um, definitely so and please really as we're cool. talking about the album. Um, I know that you went back to working on it with some of the people that you had worked with in the past on previous albums. So, you know, please plug their names, the, the guys who you recorded it with. And We did, uh, we worked with Matt Weiniger. Uh, he was mm-hmm. the guy who, he did our first uh, uh, After the Chaos 2, and he also was uh, a co-producer, engineer on the Life in Between record, which uh, Capitol Records album. And he's lives in Salt Lake. Well, he does it now, but he, he did at the time. And, um, um, we just were like, you know what, we're kind of just doing this all, you know, here and kind of at home and at our own kind of leisure, you know, time frame. And he was just the guy that we were like, we should do the record with, with you. And and he's like, you know, I've, I've watched you guys grow and get better as musicians and songwriters, and I think this is the time that we, we actually do a real record. And so nice. we did it, you know. And like I said, we didn't mean to do the record. Mm-hmm. It just, we just went in and, and we kind of, you know, the best songs stood out, and those were the ones we focused on. And when we got time, or, you know, we're touring or whatever, we come home, book a, book a week or two in the studio, you know, bang some songs out, you know, throw some mixes down, where, where we stand. Oh, let's go in and record these two songs. And, you know, maybe one of them's actually not as good as we thought it was, so we backed it or whatever. But, <laughs> right. you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of how that, that process went. And um, Matt Weiniger is a musical genius. Um, he, at age 16, he uh, produced uh, uh, Primus's uh, Frizzle Fry or, or Suck on This, I think it was what it was. Oh my God! And he wow. recorded that. He, he record, it's, a, it's actually a live show. He recorded that on a VHS in a in a club in Oakland, and then he ended up going on at age seventeen, going on to produce uh, the Primus's first album, uh, uh, Frizzle Fry. So he's a musical genius. He was signed to multiple record label deals back in the 90s, and uh, he kind of got cut, caught up in, in drugs and, and blew it off. Like, the stories he's got are amazing. We could sit wow. for like a year listen to him tell us his stories of his past. But his musical chops are, are – he could pick up any instrument, and he's the best at the instrument, better than anyone I've ever seen. You name the instrument. That's a harpsichord, a piano, a drum kit. So, anyway, so he definitely brings, you know, like when we play, we have to bring our A game with that guy or he'll, he'll rag on you because he can do right, better right. than <laughs> so, so, Wow, well, uh, but I'm sure so it helps he, he you guys, like you said. I'm sure it helps you yeah, go to another level when you're working with someone like you're talking about at that caliber. So, that's cool. Absolutely, absolutely. So he was right. fun to work with, and uh, he brought made us bring it, and um, I think that's why the record is, is as good as it is. And I also think, you know, one of the things that we, we did on this record that we haven't done in the past is, is we totally expanded with, with, you know, not just being a four-piece rock band. We did piano. We did, there's synthesizers mm-hmm. all over it, you know. There's, you know, electronic instruments. And there's lots of background vocals and you know, we kind of went outside the box on a lot of things, but but kept it within the Royal Bliss world, you know. Right, so, right. Um, but it's been, well, all, everyone that's been reviewing it, we're getting uh, great reviews from fans and, 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 and people that do music reviews, and they're just loving it. So, of course. Yes, yeah, it is. It's great. So the second song I'm going to play is the song Impossible. I'm not sure what it was about that one. Again, I love Dreamer. I love It Haunts Me, Turn Me On. Those were all some of the personal favorites that I've had, but Impossible for some reason just really stuck out. Um, so what do you think of me picking that song? Tell us a little bit about that track. Um, you know, actually that track was the one that our bass player wrote, and um, he wrote all the music, and, and I guess I could go off on that for a sec, but this is also the first record we ever did with our new bass player. Um, he's been with us for okay. three years, so. This is something that he brought you know, uh, to the band was, you know, as a lot of other things, but this, this song, and it stood out just because it was different. It was like heavy, hard rock, but it was mm-hmm. had a different 
I, I don't even know how to describe it. It just rocked, and it was different. It had a different, like almost like a progressive rock style, and uh, we just dug that, and it, it's heavy, and it was rocking. And, um, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but it kind of goes through like kind of like some 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 dark major dark minor chord to major chord twist, I guess, in there. So um, okay, it's well, pretty cool. So. Share with him. It was definitely one of my personal favorites. So it's a great track. So uh, yeah, let's play that one. Let's check it out, and then we'll come back and you know talk about upcoming tours, some other interesting pieces of uh, information. Okay, before we wrap things up. Oh. Sounds great. You there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> a little chaotic. Okay. <laughs> All right, so hold on. We're going to check out Impossible, and then we'll come back, okay? All right, hold on. All right, everyone, again, you're listening to the guitarist Taylor Richards from Royal Bliss. We're going to check out now their song Impossible, one of my personal favorites off the album. And again, check it out, one of their best albums as they're talking about to date with the music that they have on it. So it is... Chasing the Sun. It's available on iTunes and all digital sites. So here we go with Impossible.
All right, everyone, again, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show, the amazing song Impossible by Royal Bliss, off of their album, check it out now, Chasing the Sun. So let's bring Taylor back on. He's done an amazing hour-long interview, so we'll start off wrapping it up. All right, Taylor, great song. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Very, very cool. So, yeah, so tell us a little bit about just uh, the tour right now and uh, some of the bands you guys are playing with and, you know, any other information you want to share where people can find you on the social media sites? Um, yeah, so uh, we are we just got done with a, a little run with uh, our buddies in Boba Flex, and I think the past, like, I don't know, someone said that I think the past, like, 11 out of our 13 shows this year have been sold out. So that's always a, a right. good thing. And um, and uh, we're just uh, about, we're kind of heading back to Salt Lake where we haven't played Salt Lake since the records come out where in our hometown yet. So we're going to go, we're going to go play a nice big old hometown show and uh, cool. probably, probably uh, around uh, the West Coast, do some, some tours uh, out there. And then, um, yeah, I'm not sure what April May has in store, but I know we got some festival dates out, out in the summer. And um, obviously, you can find all the tour dates at royalbliss.com, and um, and uh, yeah, Facebook and the Twitter, you know, uh, Reverb Nation, you know, we're all we're all there. Royal Bliss, just search for it, you'll find it. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to more shows and, and and playing playing these new songs and and looking at the crowd's reaction when we play them. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's definitely definitely amazing thing when you guys can. Uh, be there, like you said, and you have all these fans out there that just, you know, mean the world to you guys. So that's just, that's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'd appreciate it if you can promote the podcast so everyone can uh, check out the interview. And it was a great interview with you guys. Absolutely. I'll uh, send me the send me the link again. I know I think you sent it to the Facebook. Send send me yeah. the link again so I can get it out on our on our page. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I appreciate it. So yeah, great interview. You're always welcome back on. I look forward to hearing new stuff from you guys in the in the future. So please keep in touch, and you're always welcome back on the show. And I wish you much success with uh, with everything that's going hey. on with you guys. Well, thank you very much, Carrie. Thank you for. Uh, I'm glad you dig the band and the album, and uh, we'll hope to talk talk soon. All right. Okay, great, Taylor. Good luck with everything, and wish everyone else success. We'll do. Thank you. Okay. Have an amazing night. Bye. You too. Bye. All right, everyone. Again, Royal Bliss. Check them out. Their new hit album, Chasing. The Sun. It is out now on iTunes and all major digital sites, so be sure to pick up a copy. If you tuned in late, the podcast will be available after the show is over to download and stream, so please check out the show. Also, a couple of quick plugs. Be sure to check out talentspotlightmagazine.net. It is an online magazine that does amazing interviews with artists and filmmakers and all different types of musicians, so check them out. And also be sure to check out Davin's Den, which is a five a fast-paced podcast featuring comedians Davin Rosenblatt, Joe Curry, and Pip Helix. So if you're looking for a show that can make you think and laugh, then that is the show for you. They go live Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. To watch live episodes here or watch old episodes or to find out more about the show, go to Davin's Den page at davincomedy.com. So next week, we have coming on White Noise Owl, amazing band. This band features members from Device, uh, from Low Pro, from Aurora Sky, from so many different bands. I don't want to give them all away, but it is going to be an amazing interview. These guys have worked with Evanescence. Um, it's just a compilation of some of the best musicians out there. White Noise Owl, it is a melodic hard rock band. They're going to be coming out with their EP on March 11th, so we are going to be promoting that next week. So definitely tune in at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on Monday the 10th. Please also become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. That is where I have all the updates for upcoming shows, events, guests, and more. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will follow you. And also friend me on Facebook. I have two personal pages going. One's maxed out, uh, or sometimes, you know, Facebook has its glitches. So a spot or two open up, but find the page that's not and send me a request 
I love to keep in touch with everyone personally that way too. So thanks again for tuning in tonight, everyone, and have a great night. And we will be back next Monday, as I mentioned, March 10th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time with the melodic hard rock band White Noise Owl. Thanks again, and have a great night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.